This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is being recorded on Thanksgiving morning. The turkey is in the oven. This year we decided to go with a completely traditional preparation. No deep frying, no smoking. It's got herbs and butter and it's in the oven. And I'm using my remote thermometer so that once that thing hits 160 degrees in the breast, it comes out, tent with foil, gets to 165 or so, sits for a little bit longer, and then you carve it up. I'm not sure if you really cared how I'm preparing my turkey this year, but that is how it is happening. So the kids are watching some of the parade. I've watched a little bit of it. That's about as much as I think I'm going to take of that today. And we're going to have a great afternoon of watching my Chicago Bears lose and other things with friends and family. But today I want to talk a little bit about thankfulness. And this isn't just me getting off my chest things that I'm thankful for in general or even things I'm thankful for in fly fishing. Hopefully some of the things that I can share today can help you think about things that you can be thankful for about your fly fishing past and history as well as maybe ways you can pass on what you can offer to other people when it comes to fly fishing and relationships in and around fly fishing. So something I've talked about before, but I'm very thankful for and something I I really want to dive into, I just haven't taken the initiative to have those conversations, is the Northern Virginia Trout Unlimited Fish with a Member Program. So I lived in Northern Virginia for my junior high and high school years, and I've lived there a couple other times, kind of college and recently uh, as well. But the Northern Virginia chapter of Trout Unlimited is, I believe, still the largest Trout Unlimited chapter in the country. If it's not the largest, it's one of the largest because it encompasses two of the busiest, biggest 
counties in suburban Washington, D.C. There's just so many people that live there and so many people that uh, when you join Charter Limited, you get slotted into a uh, Charter Limited chapter. And if you're in that region, that's where you end up. But it's a great area to be an angler. I've talked about this. I feel like ad nauseum. It's one of my favorite places to, to fish. You have the Potomac River, which is a main artery for so many warm water and cold water streams. And then it dumps into the Chesapeake Bay. So if you think about the Potomac as being the place where the, um, the Shenandoah flows into it and then you have all the small creeks that are up in the mountains that have brook trout that flow into the Shenandoah where you have smallmouth bass and then you get into the Potomac and you have toothy fish like muskie and you even have walleye you have more bass and then you get down below Great Falls into the DC area and you have stripers and you have shad and you have anything and everything that can swim in the ocean will move up um, where the Chesapeake and Potomac meet so it's just a phenomenal fishery and so, of course, Trout Unlimited has trout on the front of it, but there's so many angling opportunities, and that group of anglers um, is not trout-focused or trout-centric uh, when it comes to their fishing opportunities. But when it comes to their conservation and kind of their activity, that is, uh, is their focus. And one of the programs that they had was Fish with a Member. And a lot of programs for Trout Unlimited and other conservation and fly fishing groups around the country offer this. But the Northern Virginia Trout Unlimited Chapter's Fish with a Member program is my first touch with fishing for brook trout and high gradient mountain streams, specifically in the Shenandoah Mountains. And I am very thankful for that. I'm thankful that there was a guy who had me and my buddy uh, in the back of his little uh, sedan, drove us out into the mountains, talked to us, just, we talked fishing nonstop. It's all we wanted to talk about. I'm sure you've had those instances with somebody who they've just, they're in that stage where they should, you know, they should be handcuffed and have, uh, have duct tape over their mouth until they get to the water because for the hour or two hour drive to the stream, all they want to talk about is fishing. And I know that can get obnoxious, but and I've I've probably been on both ends of this, but this guy was incredibly patient, talked with us through it, listened, didn't lecture us for two hours uh, on the way there, and then he fished with us for a while, and they said, well, give it a try, or you can watch me, and because he wanted to fish too, which there's nothing selfish about that, I don't think. I mean, if, if you're paying somebody, that's one thing, but if someone's just taking you fishing and they want to fish a little bit too, then there's nothing wrong with that. And it was awesome to not just have this program being put on by this organization, but also a person who was willing to take a couple of kids. And this same guy actually uh, took us a couple other times. And so it wasn't uh, you know something where he drew the short straw that one time and that was it. But there's a couple of times we had to some really small mountain streams and it just blew my mind that fish could live in such a place like that. But now that kind of fishing is probably my favorite kind of trout fishing if you were to, to ask me what my, my preferred method is. So I am very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the program, thankful that the Northern Virginia chapter of Trout Unlimited had the initiative to do that program. Um, and they still do it. I'm still I still get emails from Northern Virginia Chapter of Trout Unlimited. Real quick side note, um, you don't get off of the email lists of Trout Unlimited chapters easily. I think I get them from uh, New Hampshire. I get them from Cumberland Valley uh, in Pennsylvania, and I get them from Northern Virginia, even though I am now a member of the Northeast Chapter in uh, north of Boston. Anyway, uh, very thankful for that. So 
how can you do that? You know, if, if you say, how can I be involved in youth education? How can I be involved in passing this on? I don't have a neighbor kid. I don't have a grandkid. I don't have a son. I don't have a friend that is necessarily into it. And I don't want to like force somebody into it. Then get involved with a local chapter of Town Limited. Get involved with a local conservation organization. Talk to a local fish and game club. See if there's a way that you can get plugged in. Um, get involved with a, a local high school. You know, definitely go through all of their, their background checks and their vetting process and all that sort of stuff. But you never know if there's a, a fly fishing group or a fishing group or an outdoors group. And you, you might be able to do something. I, I would also say the Mayfly Project is another awesome opportunity. That's going to be an investment. It's not going to just be an investment in time. It's going to be an investment of emotion. But this is a program that works with foster kids who are still in the foster program but they use fly fishing as a vehicle for teaching responsibility and teaching relationship and as well as conservation and activity outdoors. And they need devoted and caring people to be a part of that. So I got just this tiny little taste of it with the Fish with a Member program when I was a teenager. Something on the other end of the spectrum, much more intensive, is the Mayfly Project, uh, working with kids in foster care. So if that's if, if you feel this need or this desire or this push to give back, definitely look into doing that because it can pay off dividends. It can pay off by changing someone's life, if, you know, capital letters in the, like the foster care system and, and giving them relationships and friendships and ownership of an activity and some stability. Or it can make a difference in someone's life like me, learning to fly fish for brook trout and high mountain streams. So that's the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about what am I thankful for when I'm looking back in my past of, of fly fishing and, and things that have had an impact. Secondly, I am thankful for people in fly fishing who like to have conversations. So some of the articles that get the most pop on castingacross.com are interview articles. And I think that's probably because people who read the website uh, hear my voice so frequently. People who listen to the podcast hear my voice so frequently. So adding somebody else's voice in there uh, offers some variety. But additionally, it's a really interesting vehicle for communicating concepts and ideas to have a dialogue. Now, as I've said before, uh, the reason I don't do this on the podcast is because there's a lot of really good podcasts out there that do interviews, and so I just don't feel like I need to add one more to to the the, the noise that's out there. It's good noise. And, but on the website, I try to integrate interview articles as much as possible. Life's really busy these days, and so scheduling an interview and then doing the due diligence to put out an article that does that person, their product, their their company, their initiative, and themselves justice, I, I really take that as a responsibility and a high standard, and so I really only do it when I feel like I can give the time that I need to. But all that to say, I'm thankful for the overwhelming number of people in fly fishing that are willing to have a conversation. And for in, in, in some situations, it is directly tied to casting across. And so there are people that I want to do a little project with. They are people that approach me about doing a little project with them. But a lot of times, it's people who just are happy to talk fishing. And I find, kind of going back to a, a similar thread to the previous thing I'm thankful for, with the um, you know guy wanting to listening to me in, in, in the car for a couple hours while I was a teenager, I find more and more that people in fly fishing, they're happy to talk about fly fishing, but they're almost more happy to talk about things that are fishing adjacent. So 
What I mean by that is I'm thankful for the fact that fly fishing for me is a point of contact for people I might not otherwise have conversations with. You know, I feel like I'm relatively well connected in my community. Um, as as many of you know, I'm a pastor at, at a, church, a pretty good sized church north of Boston, and and I have a lot of contacts between that and between kids sports and other things that go on in my neighborhood and things like that. But fly fishing for me is this awesome bridge to a lot of people that I wouldn't necessarily have relationship with, have conversation with all over the country from very, very diverse walks of life. So although fly fishing is kind of the, the, the setting, fly fishing might be the instigating factor, what it turns into is real relationships that branch into other things. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that something as simple as trying to catch a fish or talking about the gear that is used to catch a fish has turned into relationships, learning about people's families, learning about people's lives, learning about people's stories that have fly fishing that weave through them. But there's so much more. I know that fly fishing is just a piece of of who I am. I know that fly fishing has been a part of who I am and what I do since I picked it up at 13, 14, 15. But there's been so many more prominent and important things that have ran alongside of fly fishing. And so I know that's the same story for other people. I know there's some there's some folks out there, and I, I've certainly encountered them where their life is fly fishing. You cannot find any way to, to separate it. It's, it's as if it has become homogenized with who they are. But those people are truly few and far between, and those people, they, they are generally aren't interested in having much of a conversation because they're really just thinking about the, the next fish that they get to catch, which is fine. That's, uh, there's, there's always that 1% out there. But I am thankful for those conversations. And kind of uh, uh, as a corollary to that, I'm thankful for the opportunities to have conversations with people that come to Casting Across Fly Fishing, whether it be the podcast or the website, for that very reason. Uh, a couple of, of recent feedbacks and some that might make it into the Fly Fishing Accusations podcast, which is only a couple of weeks away. Um, you can write in, ask questions, interact with things I've said, interact with things that I've written. Just send it to Matthew at castingacross.com. But when we get to uh, episode 160 next week, uh, I will have some of those uh, so those interactions that I share on the podcast. But a couple of those have have ask questions about fly fishing, ask questions about gear, ask questions about locations. But there's mentions of, you know, I appreciate the that conversation that goes beyond fly fishing and the uh, spurring folks on to think about other things as it relates to their time on the water, their pursuit of fish, their uh, accumulation of stuff, uh, and all those other things that matter, but they really do exist on the periphery of the most important things of, of what goes into fishing. So I appreciate that, and, and I try to communicate that when I, I write back to people. But I am thankful for those conversations in fly fishing. I'm thankful for the chances that I get to talk to people that I wouldn't otherwise talk to. And so I would encourage you to think of it the same way. When you go to a conservation uh, banquet, when you go to a Toronto Limited meeting, when you go to a fly fishing show, when you go to the fly shop, you know, it's fine to talk about the last fish you caught. It's fine to talk about the latest rod that you've casted or that you've bought. It's okay to talk about fly time, but see what else you can talk about. 
see what other commonalities that you have with somebody. How exciting is it when you find out that somebody else fly fishes or somebody else just fishes or somebody else does something in the outdoors? There's a very good chance that that person or that somebody else that you've yet to meet not only shares that passion with you, but they have some additional thing that you have in common. Maybe where you grew up, maybe your vocation, maybe your belief system, maybe kind of where you're, the stage that your family is in life. So to be able to have those multiple points of contact, those multiple similarities in your life, that's where it goes beyond saying, huh, that's neat. I met somebody who also fly fishes too. Hey, this is somebody that you know, I might want to spend more time with somebody who I could probably become friends with and form kind of a, a real legitimate relationship with. So that is my second thing that I am thankful for conversations in fly fishing and uh, a little bit of uh, an encouragement to seek those out yourself. The third thing that I am thankful for that I wanted to talk about this year, and then I'll keep this one brief, is flexibility. I was looking back at some of my earliest podcasts uh, from a couple of years ago. Actually, I think we're coming up on three years of podcasting, if, if my numbers are, are correct, um, in early December. And one of the first podcasts I did was about diversifying your outdoor experience. And I have really embraced that a lot more, even just during kind of the, the COVID season, the last year and a half, almost two years now. And I've taken up waterfowl hunting. Uh, I've, I've really uh, changed the way that I spend my time on the water. I've integrated more conventional fishing in as my kids have gotten to an age where, where that makes more sense if there's a handful of them with me. And I appreciate and I'm thankful for men and women and people who have come into my life who have impressed that upon me, especially when I was a young, eager, rabid fly fisher. <laughs> you can kind of see that, that point of continuity between these three thankful things. There's the crazy fly fishing kid that was in the back of the car going to the mountains with the Fish with Men program. There's the conversations that maybe sometimes you have to try a little bit harder to get off of fly fishing and onto other things. And here I was, I remember as a, a man in my early 20s, uh, a young adult really in my early 20s, and having a couple of fly fishing mentors say, you know, let's go ice fishing or let's go, let's go scout for, for deer. Yeah, there's fish rising. Yeah, there is a day where you can go fishing, but you went fishing earlier this week. Let's get out and see things from a different angle. And I have really come to appreciate that. I've, I've come to appreciate taking a little bit of a sabbatical or a rest from fishing for a couple of weeks or even for a month. That doesn't mean that I don't think about fishing. It doesn't mean I'm not tying flies. It doesn't mean that I'm not planning my next trip or I don't take an opportunity to get on the water if one presents itself. But where maybe I put a little bit more of my energy into another outdoor experience. And what that does is, is it gives me that perspective of kind of everything that's going on outside just recently I was in a kayak uh, picking up some decoys and just looking at some fish do fish stuff in uh, late fall. And I'm just thinking, you know what? Usually when I'm out here, it's like, all right, I got to catch a fish because it's late fall. I got to fish really, really slowly. I have to find these spots where they might be finding some thermal refuge, seeing where there's some, some flow so that the water's a little bit warmer. There's a little bit more oxygen. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm always thinking of, okay, what's my 
way to optimize my time on the water before I get cold to get a couple of fish so I can say, okay, I got out and I caught some fish in the late fall. And here I am just paddling along, picking up duck decoys, finding fish in really weird spots, spooking bass and pickerel in places where I wouldn't have expected them on a, a day in the, in the mid-30s in uh, mid-November. And that's something where now I can file that into my head and say, you know what? I don't have to be so crazy. I can kind of fish just the way that I usually fish with a couple of different variables and probably find some success. But the thing that I found was really cool was as I was picking up decoys or as, as I'm sitting there watching uh, bluegill pop the, the surface and in, in the early morning hours as I'm waiting for legal shooting light thinking, you know what, I don't feel like I'm missing something because I don't have a fly rod. There was a time in life where I would have found a way to smuggle a, at least something uh, with me to the, the duck blind so that I could say, well, I was, I was redeeming the time. I had an opportunity to fish. So I was fishing. Now I'm just happy to watch the fish do their thing. That doesn't mean that I've lost my fervor for fishing. I'm just thankful that I have a little bit more perspective. Maybe that comes with age. Maybe that comes with, uh, just the, uh, the chances that I've had to fish in the past and maybe kind of the unfulfillment that came with pushing really, really hard to fish as much as possible, regardless of why. I'm thankful that this is where I have arrived. Now, my story doesn't have to be your story. Uh, your story, you might be well further along. You might be like the people that had pushed me to do this, who, you know, you might be in your 60s or 70s and be like, I get it. I was that rabid angler or hunter or something uh, back when I was in my 20s or 30s. But because of many of life circumstances, I've learned to kind of calm things down and just take things as they come and appreciate the seasons for what they are and save fishing for this time and this time and this time or this occasion or this event. But I'm thankful that that's something that has happened in my life. And in whatever way that you can take that and maybe use that, maybe not practically, but just in your head, you know, you might not change your fishing practices at all. But if you can at least say, okay, why am I doing this? What else could I be doing? And what other things can add to my appreciation of being outdoors, being on or near the water in conjunction with my fly fishing. It's just something worth thinking about. So again, I am thankful for casting across fly fishing for the podcast, for the website. Thankful for all the feedback I get. Again, Matthew at castingacross.com. Would love to hear anything that you have to share with me, questions, comments, etc. cetera. Uh, additionally, I am always appreciative of the ratings and reviews that get left on iTunes. A couple of awesome reviews that I've had in a couple of the last days. So thank you very much for those of you who are leaving those ratings and reviews. Um, a couple of exciting things coming up in the next week. Um, a couple of details are being ironed out, but definitely things are happening with the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. So I'm excited to share those next week. But what happened this previous week? Two articles, both of them fly fishing show centered. I know not everyone is a huge fan, but I love them because it really integrates everything that I just mentioned. All these things I'm thankful for. I can I can see all of those transpiring at fly fishing shows, which I'll talk about again probably sometime in the next couple of months. But you can read about it on castingcross.com. The first article was called The Fly Fishing Show, Three Things You'll Get. So I talk about three things that you will get if you go to a fly fishing show, and only one of them has to do with a tangible thing that you will pick up and take home with you. The other two things have nothing to do with uh, stuff. So definitely check that article out. And then Wednesday's article was called Rusty Flybox Showtime. So here, you know, I was mentioning interviews and how they, they do well. 
I have three articles that are from the last couple of years of castingacross.com. One of them is uh, a humor article, attempt at humor. I always feel awkward saying that, oh yeah, this thing's hilarious because, you know, humor is kind of subjective. Um, but this article is a humorous look at people who have a bad time at fly fishing shows. And then there's two interviews. One of them is with the CEO of the fly fishing show. So that that name brand, the fly fishing show, the CEO uh, of that uh, that show. And then another one is an interview with my kids, their take on what it means to go to a fly fishing show. So three articles packed into one on Wednesday and then one article on Monday, all about the fly fishing show. And the reason why I put these out now is because now's the time to put this stuff on your calendar. If you are interested in going to a fly fishing show, whether it be the fly fishing show or a more regional variant of that, now's the time to put it on your calendar because it's only like two months away. And so you don't want to miss out if you don't want to miss out. This week's recommendation on the podcast, as cheesy as it sounds, as hokey as it sounds, tell someone that you are thankful for them. And if, if you say, okay, well, what does that have to do with Casting Cross Fly Fishing Podcast? Tell your wife that you're thankful that she lets you go fly fishing. Tell your kids that you're thankful that they are excited to go out with you. Tell a buddy who goes fishing with you you're thankful for them. Uh, write a email to a local conservation organization. Drop a note in a six-pack with your fly shop uh, owner. You know, whatever it might be, tell someone thank you. You know, that's the uh, big confusion in my mind about Thanksgiving for so many people. It's just this, you know, an attitude of thankfulness is nice, but it really just stays in your head. Until you tell someone thank you, are you really being thankful? You can't be thankful to the universe. And maybe that's my theology kind of bleeding through into the podcast here at the 23-minute mark. But you can't just be thankful randomly. Thankfulness has to have an object, and it has to have a person. And so I would say be thankful to someone who has had an impact with you in fly fishing, but of course, be thankful to people who have had an impact on you in some way, in a very specific way. And this is a time of year where it's just at the forefront of everyone's mind, so it's not going to be super awkward or weird if you do it. If you haven't done it for a long time to do it, people will be like, well, it's Thanksgiving, so it's not super weird, but it's nice that they said it anyway. So that's my recommendation. So I'm, there's no link for that in the show notes or the podcast uh, page, but if you have questions about that, I'm always happy to talk. Matthew at castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.